And welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my co-host, Aaron Varola. Yo, what's up, folks? Welcome to episode 99 of the Fanboy Garage. One away from 100. Next week is going to be a monster episode, at least we hope it is. Um, we'll have lots of fun announcements. And uh, yeah, we're, we're can't, we can't wait to share it with you guys. But I hope you all are doing well. Uh, staying safe, staying healthy, all that good stuff. Um, but uh, it seems like things are uh, are starting to, I don't know, be a little different. Come come around, I guess. Uh, I don't want to say normal because that's so cliche. But uh, yeah, it seems like uh, you know theaters are are starting to eye some openings and productions are starting to get started. So uh, let's start with the theaters. Yeah, so, um, well, I don't. Which one news do you want to start with? The fact that AMC is going to post a two point two billion dollar loss for the first <laughs> quarter, or the fact that they announced that they are looking to have a full worldwide opening uh, of their theaters by July, yeah. uh, which is important because there are two movies set to come out, major films, in July. Uh, July seventeenth is Tenet. And July 24th is Mulan. Now, what's interesting about this is that um, while pretty much the world and most of the United States will be opened at least in some capacity, right? Whether Mm -hmm. it's 25% or 50%, whatever it winds up being by then. uh, They'll be open. New York City, which is, you know, one of the biggest markets, right? Mm-hmm. In the world, uh, right now, if you look at the calendar, is not scheduled to have their theaters open until like July twentieth, if my math is correct. Because mm-hmm. New York City just entered phase one. Uh, as we record this, we're recording this Tuesday, June ninth. Uh, yesterday, Monday, June eighth. So they're each phase, unless they move things around, uh, or is a two week interval. Yeah, which would put. July 20th uh, as the date that attractions, which would be part of phase four in New York, would open, which would be theaters, uh, amongst other things. Mm-hmm. So that would be three days after Tenet. So now now the rest of the state, though, uh, which would be everywhere else, but you know, New York is a unique state in that you have about half of your, well, just under half of your population in the entire state is within like a 10 mile radius in -hmm. New York city. So, but the rest of the state will be open uh, in time for that. So the question now is, do do they hold that date or do they bump it up a couple of weeks just to be safe? Yeah. I I mean, it's, it's interesting obviously because we're, we're dealing with, you know, states who are in different phases, right? Mm. I'm going to look, uh, approach this from just a, from a national perspective, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, L.A. or not L.A., California as a state is opening uh, theaters on June 12th. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah. You've got some major markets that are opening up uh, sooner than others. Uh, I think maybe they just cut their losses with the state of New York. Well, it's not even the state. It's really just the city. It's, it's just the city. Yeah, because right? yeah. the state will be open um, probably – a few weeks earlier, but it and is also going to be around the country. You're going to have, and I don't know about around the world because I'm not sure how the reopenings are going. I know in many other countries they have been reopened already. But yeah, like here yeah, in the so United like States, 
yeah, we're doing it in stages, right? So, like, parts of the country that had started to reopen in May, say, right, early May, or even ones that are starting to reopen now in early June, like, they're going to be accelerated. So, like, some of the parts of the country will be at 50%, mm-hmm. maybe even 100% capacity. Probably not, but at least 50% to 75% capacity by the time, you know, late July rolls around. Mm-hmm. And then you'll mm-hmm. have New York, which will be probably around 25% capacity at that point. Yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting to see, like, that as well. Um. I get it. 25% of, you know, New York City is a lot more people than 50 or 75% of certain other states, just population-wise right. and density-wise. But, um, yeah, so it's it's kind of all over the map. But it is interesting, though, that, um, you know, they did stick to their guns, and it, it looks like there'll be a little bit of a payoff, at least, because time the timing kind of worked for them. They yeah. are now going to wind up being in the very enviable position of being like the first two major releases that are going to fall right at a time when people are just going to start getting out and looking mm-hmm. for things to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, de- depending on how comfortable they feel with, with going uh, <laughs> to the theater, uh, it, either way, if uh, if we see... You know, folks is kind of you know going to the movies in droves. Then it also spells um, quite an uplifting kind of scenario for movies like uh, you know Wonder Woman eighty four, which will drop sure. in, in in August. Yep. So yeah, I'm going to be watching watching these two releases uh, very closely um, just to see if there are any if they if they show any sort of indication for people's appetite for uh, you know re- returning back to quote unquote normal. Yeah. And one element of this, too, that I think needs to be discussed, too, is that while so even a theater that's only able to have 25 percent capacity, that's, you know, per screening. Right. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of movies out. So, no, so you'll you just... be able to have tenant running in the entire theater. <laughs> right. Right. So you just increase the number of screens. So you eventually can make up the difference if you get creative, you know, instead of showing it, you know, in two theaters, you're going to have the entire, all of your screens, five screens, three screens, 10 screens, whatever it is, will all be running it probably on a constant loop. And so you'll have less, you'll have more frequent showings and just less people at each showing. So there are ways where they'll be able to make it up. And I think they'll be okay in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and the other positive sign from a theater perspective is that, um, you know, it's so far younger people, have been active. They've been looking yep. to do things. They've been getting out there. I mean, like I just read an article today, Las Vegas reopened this week and the casinos are packed. The hotels are packed. The boardwalk yeah. is packed. So, um, or the strip rather is packed. <laughs> so, um, you know, these are, these are for theater owners anyway, encouraging signs that people are the, the, that fear that people may have had say a month ago. Where it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't really know that I want to go to a theater. Mm-hmm. Or be a, I think some of that is starting to wane a little bit. And I think that, the, you know, there will be people that are looking to get out there. Yeah. 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 No, we'll see. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think any other studios outside of Disney and, or Warner Brothers uh, has announced anything. Um but I'm sure more more will come in the next couple yeah. of, uh, couple of weeks, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it, there were those were going to be the big players anyway. 
Sure. You know, and I think that, you know, I think they realize that uh, right now competition and <laughs> trying to flood the market is not ideal. Because, like right. I said before, I mean, they have to realize, too, the studios have to realize that, you know, they're, these theater owners are going to want to, they're not going to want to waste time. If they have mm-hmm. limited capacity per screen, they're not going to want to waste time with, you know, being C and D level movies. They're going to want to fill their theater with whatever the popular thing is at that moment to maximize. Mm-hmm. If they have to have less people per screening, they're going to have more screenings of, of the same movie. If it's in high demand, so and that's right. I think everyone's going to have to realize that. So I think we're we're going to see a time for you know really probably for the July and August where you're going to have like a a movie for at least each week. You know you'll have a movie that'll dominate for that week or a couple weeks, right? Um, and then that'll be just yeah. So and it, it's going to be interesting. And if you're AMC, you know a, a company like that that has multiple theaters within a couple miles of each other in some places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could actually like when Mulan opens, you could even do it if you wanted to. You could have by location. You could do half and half, or you could have one theater showing Tenet, one theater showing Mulan. You know, and or split them. I, I guess it's kind of the same thing, but right. you know, there's a lot of ways, and I'm sure they're going to think about it and figure out ways to get creative because they have some money to make up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what uh, what this looks like. You know, moving forward and and as because even still, I mean, productions were halted. So a lot of things have shifted and um, a lot of movies were pushed, you know, out to 2021. Um, There's a couple later later in the the sort of third and fourth quarter of the year. Um, So I'm interested to see how how long this stays or if things just kind of like this is the little speed bump and then, you know, it just becomes a more back to back to business, back to, you know, multiple multiple uh, uh, films being shown or or does this become a, you know, major blockbuster films now will dominate theaters while everything else kind of goes in a different direction and commits to VOD or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's looking more and more like by 2021, things will be back to whatever normal is. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, just I think by that time, for, for a number of reasons, I think yeah. that um, a lot of these types of conversations won't really be a thing anymore. Now, that's not to say that there won't be some innovation, Right. And things like that that are born out of this that will change things, hopefully for the better in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as far as like you know, hundred percent capacity and people, you know, not going, you know, and, and having to do temperature checks and all that stuff, like I don't think that's going to be a thing probably um, mm-hmm. by certainly by next summer, but probably by the earl by early next year. I don't really. I think we'll start to move past all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, I mean, the other news, right, is that now we're starting to get some, we're we're back now to a mode where we're getting some trailers, right? We're starting to hear about production (laughs) opening. Like, I know I read that um, the Batman's going back into production and that uh, today um, California announced that they're going to start opening up production again uh, for movies and films and stuff like that. So that's starting to ramp up again. And um, I know we got a trailer released today, right? Yeah, man. So fi- finally, because this one, you know, it's interesting because this has been in the 
in the can, I think, for a little while now. But uh, anyways, Bill and Ted 3 Face the Music uh, dropped its first trailer today. Uh, and... <laughs> I'm in love with it. <laughs> I I I'm I'm all over this. Um, it it's uh, they didn't really put a date on when it's going to be released. It just said the summer. Um, well, it's right now. It's saying um, August twenty first. Okay, is the right. current? Yeah. So so cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man. I um. It, it was kind of interesting to see you know Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter kind of get back into these iconic roles. Um, and obviously, uh, I forgot the actor's name that plays death, but, uh, oh, he Bill, makes a, uh, a Sadler. Well, yeah. Sadler. So he makes a pop up bald head yeah. and everything. Um, kind of looks, he looks, he looked really good actually. He yeah. Like age. <laughs> I mean, I know he's aged cause I've seen him in other things, but, uh, but anyways, um, and I think they're even, they even figured out a way to get George Carlin in the movie. Um, yeah. I think they're using like repurposed, like footage, leftover footage from the first couple films. Interesting. Yeah, for I'm yeah. sure just a small, yeah, piece, small little cameo. Yeah. Rufus. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it looked it looked uh, it looked very, it looked familiar. Like it looked like it was you know the natural progression of these characters. It kind of fits in with, um, you know the other two films and uh, and I'm I'm all over it. So I'm. I'm glad you just said what you just said, that it looks familiar, because that's something I want to talk about a little bit. Okay. Um, so I, yeah, I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. I am, I don't know why, maybe, but I, I mean, I saw people losing their minds over this today. Yeah. I, I'm just, I don't know. I maybe, I like the Bill and Ted movies. Um, I guess I don't hold the same fondness for them that, I guess a lot of other people do like I like I like them but like the reaction today was almost like like iconic territory I mean it's like the first yeah. trailer folks have seen I guess but also <laughs> I I find that a lot of the people that are reacting to it though are within a certain age bracket like mid 30s to mid 40s Yeah and which makes sense obviously cuz that's you know where the people that grew up with the original movies, right? So I I just, I'm curious to see how this movie plays to a new audience. Like, is this audience for this film solely going to be nostalgia based? Is it going to be like us, you know, like people within the, you know, late 30s, mid thirties to mid forties, or is it going to have, wind up having a broader appeal? Cause you know, the first two Bill and Ted movies are very much products of their time. Yeah. Like the music, yeah. the, even the the personas, right? Very like yeah, oh, late yeah. I mean, 80s, early 90s kind of vibe going for it. Yeah, these these kind of guys are not relevant anymore. Um, right. Which is probably something that they're going to lean into. A I would bit. imagine, which would be, yeah. I, I Look, I have no doubt that this will be a smart film, like in that sense, and that, that it'll, I think it'll be good because they both are. And, you know, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is actually a very smart film. Yeah, because it does play on, um, and it was in a way a um, bold might be a strong word, but it was it was it was definitely um, it's a really well done sequel, you know, to a yeah. movie that didn't necessarily need one. But um, I actually prefer uh, Bogus Journey over. Yeah, yeah excellent adventure. adventure. Yeah, I I don't necessarily disagree with you on that, um, but 
Yeah, I mean, they're they're. It's going to be fascinating to see. And but for that reason, though, that's why I say you say it's familiar. Like, will it play to that audience? So you know, when we talked about Frozen Two, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about how it it was very well aware of the fact that it was playing to an audience of of yeah. Yeah. you know little girls who now were a little older. Yep. And yeah. and had grown up with the first movie, and and it knew that, and it was a well well aware of its audience. And I think the Toy Story movies, in a lot of ways, have done the same thing, like playing yeah. on those themes of growing up and you know having to move on and things like that. So does this film now? Does it play on that? Does it wind up playing on the idea that you know the audience that were very much kids or or like Bill and Ted, or maybe even younger versions of Bill and Ted? Now we're in our 30s and 40s or in some cases maybe even older and not not at that point in our lives anymore and mm-hmm. uh you know will it play to that so yeah i mean this is one of those and i don't know what the rating is um i imagine probably pg-13 um but uh you know th- this age group would i'd imagine bring bring their kids if they have teens right this would make sense um but yeah, I don't I don't know who this audience who the audience is for because for everyone else uh, who's under that that age of the mid thirties, I mean, the, the, does anyone really know who Bill and Ted is? You well, know that's I mean? the other like, thing, and and here's the other thing too is that you know we were introduced to Keanu Reeves through Bill and Ted, right? Like our generation, for the most part. I mean, yeah. you know, like that's where he came on a lot of people's radar. Yeah. Well, now to an entire generation of people, he's I mean, Neo, he's John Green. Wick. Yeah, like he's been this other thing. So, yeah, uh, you know, and it was like to the point where like Keanu Reeves was very much like that. You know, young guy kind of had that going for him even when he's he was still like well, that. He is. But but now he's got like an intensity to him because we've seen him in these other roles that are intense. So it's going to be interesting to see how that that works out too, because people like we didn't have something to compare him to when Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure came out. No, and even in even in the other films that he, uh, like Parenthood, for example, right, uh, which is a great movie. Yes, um, plays the same kind of character. You yeah, know? right. Yeah. It's even just, in um, even uh in on even in Bram Stoker's Dracula, he's playing the same character, <laughs> which is why the movie comes to a grinding halt every time he's on the screen. Sleeps. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> he's evolved, let's put it that way. Slightly. Yeah, slightly. <laughs> Enough anyway. Enough. No, I mean, yeah, the John Wick character I think is just so different. Uh, it's yeah. so different from what I think Keanu is and represents but then you see a movie like um will you always be my maybe and he i mean obviously he plays himself but that to to me i don't know if if folks who are listening have seen that movie it's actually pretty funny um he is it that is the quintessential keanu like and that's what bill and ted represents to me you know what i mean yeah um so i think i think you know what without keanu obviously like this thing wouldn't wouldn't be anything really. Well, I'm, and, and I, I mean, think, that and goes, I think that's yeah, gonna be the, that's going to be the huge draw. Sure. But, and the nice thing too, is it's only got like a $25 million budget. Yeah. So it's not, I mean, clearly it, this thing does not have to be a blockbuster, uh, it's which like is a fashion fun. project. It's like, we're going to do, yes. 
something fun for yes. the for the fans that have been asking yes. for you know more Bill and Ted yep. and and here it is and ride the like you just said ride the newfound popularity. That yeah, Keanu I mean, he's got video his... games that are dropping. Yeah, you no, know, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Matrix Four. Um, so he's kind of you know he's making he's making uh, his rounds. They're gonna make we, more we... John Wick movies, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be fine. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't know that it's a movie I go to the theaters to see. Although, you know, these days I, I may. <laughs> after oh, all this, yeah. after being <laughs> locked down, I might go to the theater just to watch like trailers. I don't know, but, um, but yeah, but I, I would, uh, I think I, while I have questions about like the the appeal of it, just based only and solely based on the fact that I was just really fascinated by the reaction that I saw. Um, but I think you're right. I think a lot of that is just like, hey, a trailer, cool, and it's right. fun, right? And it's got it's it's light, and it's just it and, kind and of exactly too, what you need right now. While their '80s kind of, because they still carry it, while their '80s vibe um, may not be as relevant. I think the there's two things, right? They are everyone likes two dumb guys, right? <laughs> like the do the dude the the dumb duo his you know, we've been watching that since God, since cinema has been a thing, right? Laurel and Hardy, Abbott and Costello, um, Harold and Kumar, you know what I'm saying? Like the, 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 that is a thing and it works really, really well. So I think that will always resonate. I think the other thing too, is just the way that film and TV have kind of moved with, you know, calling back on nostalgia. Yes. There you go. You know, kind of tugging on those hard strings. Yep. I, th- I think it's going to do well. Like, yep. I don't. I, I. I just. We've seen horror films kind of nod back. Well, and even uh, yeah, I mean now you're right. I mean it's a good point. I mean look at the you know Cobra Kai and yeah. Um, I'm just I'm sure there's tons of stuff that I'm forgetting. I mean, Ready but... Player One, uh, you know, is a great is a great homage to all things '80s, right? And yeah. I don't know if that actually did. <laughs> I see this and like, do really well in the box it office. Didn't but do, it didn't. It did okay. Yeah. Either way, yeah. it. I think a lot of films and a lot of shows, obviously Stranger Things and and yep. you know all of that are all nodding back at the eighties. And I think this is a great example. Yeah. Of kind of modernizing true. it, but still kind of keeping itself its foundation and in, in everything that we know it to be. Sure. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> Most so. excellent. <laughs> yeah, it's good, it's true. Did, did you do it on purpose? <laughs> I didn't. I did not. But uh, yeah, worked out. Uh, so what was the? Uh, so we got some some. There was Batman stuff, kind of, or. Uh, uh, well, before we get into that, let's let's just quickly talk a little bit about um, Matrix Four since we were on the oh okay on the Keanu on the Keanu bandwagon. Sure. So. Um, I think it's it, I think it's in the latest issue of Empire magazine. Uh, both uh, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss um, were interviewed to talk a little bit about their return to the iconic characters of Neo. Well, I say Neo, but I don't know if that's true. But Trinity for sure. Um, right. In the new uh, Matrix Four sequel, so the the third. I guess it's the third third sequel to the Matrix. Yes. <laughs> um. And apparently, like, both of them were really moved by the story and that, you know, Keanu said that there's a lot of uh, representation of things that are happening in today's sort of climate that are represented in the film. 
um, which kind of strikes me as like a hmm, like I'm going to scratch my head here. And I feel like we're in for a twist. Like I feel like we're going to come to this thing thinking that uh, Neo is who he is and he's back. But I feel like that's not going to be the case. I feel like the one is actually going to be a woman. Like that Trinity might be the one instead of of Neo. Um. Okay. I mean, I don't. I don't know where. But like, now, so, so here's the thing: is I guess I have not followed the the production of this for the most part, like recently since like the original announcements and stuff. Um, because to be honest with you, I'm, I'm just not a huge fan of the series. I I like the first movie a lot. Um, you know, and I appreciate what it was and its context. Don't like the sequels. Yeah, they, they shit the bed. Yeah, so, um, but I, uh, but but the seek the original trilogy had a, an end. Yeah, right, like a definitive ending. Yeah, regardless of what that ending was, uh, it was an ending. Sure. And so I don't know, like, what is the point of this movie? Like, is it? And I don't mean that in the sense of like, why are they making it? I mean, like, what is the like? Do we know what? Like where this picks up from? What I mean, it's about, it's kind of, like, no, no, it's... we don't, we don't know in any of that. And obviously, you know, these two have aged, right? Uh, I would say that there is a there's a nod and a wink to you know the story still not being finished in in revolutions. Okay, um, where <clears throat> the architect says something to the oracle about you know. Um, or I'm sorry, the 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 oracle says that there's peace and that you know they'll have to come together, and he says something like for now, um, and you know they, I don't know, I don't know where this, I don't know how they're gonna pick it up, whether it's another version of the Matrix, right? Like eventually shit goes sour and then the machines take over again, and yet I don't know if that's how this is gonna roll out. I'm very interested to see how they play this, um, specifically you know what what could or may not be happening with the character of morpheus because i feel like there's rumors that he's been recast and he's slightly younger so now they're doing some time thing so i i don't know shit about the plot right um other than they've brought some people back and others they haven't right and i mean i guess the nature of that story lends itself to kind of changing things up right i mean you could sure kind of go and plenty of different directions if you want because it is sign of a like you it's one of those movies or franchises where it's like you're never quite sure what you're watching like how much yeah. of it is real how much of it isn't like things like that so i guess they could i mean i'm obsessed over that movie i'm sure that probably drives you bananas right? no 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 it's not even it's not even that but i like that movie came out in 99 um just when i was going to college and um, I w- lived with a dude, uh, my roommate, who was like, you know, a self-proclaimed hacker or whatever. But anyways, he, I don't know if he really was. But he was pulling – I remember him selling copies of The Matrix, like bootleg versions because he was like pulling it from, uh, from the DVD. And I remember seeing it because he'd have to do it frame by frame on his computer. And I just remember, wow. like, being high as hell. 
and watching this shit go down and like, <laughs> wow, man, this is like an amazing movie. You know what I mean? So it's like I was So that was a movie in and of itself, basically. For sure. It was yeah. an experience of yeah. it in and of itself. But anyways, I mean, like I've 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 watched that movie that first movie more times than I could probably imagine. Um and I still watch it because it's I think it's that good. Yeah. But you know, the, you're right. And, you know, you get some sort of this is why I don't like granted the sequels were not great at all. Then there was a whole there's a whole lot of stuff wrong with them. And I think even from the start of it, there was a lot of talk and then they had people, you know, it was like a start and stop kind of thing. Um, well, it's a classic case, too, of a, of a movie that they didn't necessarily have high expectations for it. Like it wasn't no. released to be a blockbuster. No. It was released and it became like this cult classic and even more than that. Oh yeah. And then oh, I think they almost just were pressured to make these sequels and then they just kind of scrambled around to It changed filmmaking. You know what I mean? Like that movie did some yeah. really out of the box stuff that redefined action movies. And yeah, well I they mean, I mean it brought in, you know, they brought in classic Hong Kong cinema fight choreographers and Mm-hmm. You know, wire foo experts and all that stuff yeah. to, to work yeah. on that stuff. I mean, now it's become commonplace. Sure. In American cinema. Um, it wasn't so much back then. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, then, you know, you kind of get some nuggets of, you know, from, from the characters about there being different versions yeah. and yeah. all of that. And then the, the animatrix was actually phenomenal. I don't know if anyone's seen that, but that's, that's a, that's an awesome, awesome series of, of you know, uh, of short stories done in various animation styles, um, which are, are great. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see uh, <clears throat> how they do this and what the story actually is. I just feel like we're in for a, an interesting twist. Oh, OK. Some for some. For, I don't know. That's just that's just where I'm going. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, it's very possible. Wouldn't surprise me. And it's dropping next year. Yes. Like next, next May, I think. That's another one that's going to be interesting to see, like how audiences respond to that. You know, do they treat it like, um, you know, do the people who like adore the, fr- I think for the most part, um, my take on the franchise is not that far off from a lot of people's like I no. think most people like the first one and then just kind of are like some people might be more tolerant of the sequels some might even like uh, Reloaded I don't know a lot of people who like Revolutions I, I yeah I um, I'm in that camp where like after there's some awesome stuff that happens in Reloaded that I yeah that I just love um, but Revolutions is a film that I could skip altogether. Yeah, so I I wonder if like are people do are they going to treat this almost like the Terminator franchise in the sense of like you know what we we've been done with this move with this franchise for a while like we don't need it to come back necessarily like we kind of only like one of them like it'd be interesting to see like is it going to be treated more like the modern Terminator um, movies or is it going to be something that people embrace. You know, as a, oh, hey, return to form or whatever. You know, I guess it depends mm-hmm. on what it winds up being. But, yeah, that's something that I'd, I'd be fascinated to see how that works out. Yeah. And, again, I mean, no one's really – no one was really asking for this. And, and, and you know, Carrie Ann Moss says, as you know, as much as that as, you know, she, she basically says, you know, I thought this was – this thing was over. 
I would never in a million years have thought about coming back to do another Matrix film, but I read the script and the, and the story that, that Lana Wachowski was, was pulling together. And, uh, and I was like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, more or less. I'm paraphrasing. Um, so yeah, I mean, when I hear actors get really excited about stuff like that now, look, Carrie Ann Moss, um, you know, she's been in a couple of things here and there. She was, she was great in the Marvel cinematic universe, you know, Jessica Jones and stuff like that. Um, but I will say that Keanu Reeves didn't need to come back to this. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, he could have said, look, I got my new franchise yeah, and I got other opportunities. I can pick and choose my spots and, um, and of course, that's what they're supposed to say, right? About oh, I was really inspired by the story. Like that's what they all say, right? Until yeah. it, <laughs> it flops, and they're like, "I, I knew it was going to be a failure." Um, <laughs> but uh, you know what I'm saying is that she, you know, obviously, she she may need, need the opportunity more than he does, and, I'm, and that sounds really bad. But you know what I'm saying? She's she, I haven't really seen her much, and I could just not be watching Lifetime movies. I don't know. Um, that was a jab. Wow! Damn. Damn, wow! Jesus. That was. Yeah, it was heat so right there. But anyways, Keanu doesn't. Again, Keanu doesn't need this. So if it's a really inspiring story, then I'm super interested to see what they do. I mean, it it's very possible that it is. I mean, it's yeah. been a long time. To, yeah, they've had a long time to think about it. That's for sure. 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 Um, and sure, I mean, there are. You know, you say like, oh, you think it's going to be, or they say it's going to be reflective of like things going on, and you know in current times but i mean you can look back at that first matrix and it's a lot of that applies to current oh my times. gosh Hell so yeah. it makes sense that yeah. that would be an easy transition yeah 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 okay so speaking of easy transitions <laughs> uh there's some batman stuff right that's uh yeah well and i don't even know if what you call it um Rumors, I guess, would be the best way, to, best thing. I mean, it's not news necessarily, right? Because I don't no, know how much of this rumor. stuff is. None of it's really official, right? No, no, and it's all coming. I mean, if we're we're talking about the the continuation of the the DCEU stuff, um, well, that you threw out at me today. Oh, you're oh, we're talking about the Joker thing. You you threw out at me. You were like, hey, supposedly HBO Max. Yeah. Or there's something out there that HBO Max might be doing a, a series with Ben Affleck as Batman and Jared yeah, Leto yeah, yeah, as Joker. Yeah. And so I even so I even sparked this conversation with some of our friends from Batman on film, and they're just like, "Yeah, not going to happen, mate. You know, whatever." But with conversations continuously, you know, evolving related to this, you know, the Snyder cut. And now, you know, David Ayers thing continue. I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks and last week, but David Ayers thing continues to gain some momentum, right? So he's now releasing stills of shots of the Joker yeah. and things like that that are happening. So like that's that's building up. I I'm in this place where like this shit could be real. Well, I, you know, I don't know what's being who, negotiated. Who? Where was this story though? Um, like anywhere, somewhat reputable. I don't. You know what? I'll uh, we'll, we'll talk. We'll yeah. talk a little bit, and I'll do, do some research. Now, but, having um, said that, though, I wish I would love for us to get out of the not going to happen business because right. I think we we just when are we going to learn? 
You know, like yeah. at what point do we learn our lesson that, I mean, again, we talked about it last week too, or we mean the week before that about like never, like let's get out of the never not going to happen business because we've said it a lot. And by we, I don't mean like you and I or whatever. I just mean we as a in general umbrella statement. We say that we've been saying that a lot and it, it doesn't always turn out to be true. Right. So I would yeah. like to get out of that. Not going to happen stuff. But now I get that having said all that because I mean it does sound a little far-fetched but at the same time you know I mentioned when we talked about AT&T the AT&T social media accounts tweeting out those images of like Affleck as Batman yeah and you know I said there's two ways you could look at that either that's them just having fun right seizing on the moment because of the Snyder cut that was when the Zack Snyder's just league announcements were happening and stuff or is, you know, do you go by the, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire concept, right. which is where I tend to always look at. And I mean, with social media now, though, I, I tend to believe less, or not less, but well, a little less in the where there's smoke, there's fire thing, because sometimes it is just people having fun. Mm-hmm. But I I will always stand by, though, the where there's smoke, there's fire thing, because I do th- I don't think everything happens for no reason. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think everything happens for a reason, but I also don't think everything happens for no reason, right? I think that there are, you know, so, and on top of that with the air stuff, so now we would, I mean, so let's forget for a second how likely this is to happen or whether it's valid or whatever, right? Just for the sake of the conversation for this podcast, let's mm-hmm. let's talk as if it's a possibility. Sure. So. And, oh, uh, we didn't even get into it, really. We, What's we that? We didn't even explain it. Oh, the I, well, I said that it's that HBO Max was they would you said they were going to do a series with Affleck's Batman Leto as the Joker and what was the other Man, Manginello's uh, Oh Deathstroke. Deathstroke, right? Yeah. Go so ahead. so uh, j- just real quick. So I mean, it popped up on a couple of sites, but I don't know who the originating source was. And these are just geek sites, right? Nothing, nothing tangible, nothing like for sure, for sure. So like. And of course, I don't really trust we got this covered, so I'm gonna skip that one. But sure, um, the cultured nerd, co- okay, cosmic, yeah, cosmic book news. Oh boy, yeah, okay. So green geek, I don't even know. Yeah, so let's trust. let's just say this is not a solid rumor. Mm-hmm. We'll leave it at that. But again, for the sake of conversation, let's just act like it's a possibility because, for all we know, these days it could be. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I think we would almost have to get the air cut of Suicide Squad in order for that to work, right? Because yeah. we, I mean, we don't, we barely got to see Jared Leto's Joker. Yeah, so, I mean, it's almost like a domino effect, right? Yeah. So, to a certain degree, I mean, I imagine, you know, um, Zack Snyder's Justice League will become will come out first, right? Um, Ayer's cut, if if that sees the light of day. Uh, would kind of further along some of the, you know, the sort of um, what was it the um, the villain thing that they had going on at the end of Justice League? What, what, what I don't even know why I'm blanking on the name. The of... Legion of Doom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, which I thought would have been cool. Like I, I said it at the time. I was like, man, if they would have handled it this way, like they could have had a, a shared universe that was successful. I think if they would have just let the villains be the link, yeah, to the shared universe. Whereas, oh, like that would have been, 
you have yeah, these. I mean, that was similar to the Sinister Six thing that Sony was trying to pull. Yeah, except this would have been effective. So you, <laughs> you would have had like you could have had these standalone hero movies where the villains wind up being the thing that links everything together, yeah. building up to the Legion of Doom coming together, which would necessitate the Justice League coming together. Right. And then then your follow-up Justice League movies would build to the greater threat, right? Your dark side and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. That would have been, I think, really effective. Um, but anyway, they didn't do that. But I still think that that would be fun to see that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, so you know, if you get Ayers cut, then you have a very different. I mean, if if only what twenty percent of Leto's Joker is in the current right. version of Suicide Squad, there's a lot of context, and probably um, even a, f- uh, a like the final scenes in which we see him in Suicide Squad is probably radically different. So that kind of creates, you know, a different pathway for for that character. If you bring Affleck back, which I think this is the probably the biggest actually Affleck and and Leto are the biggest question marks in my mind not because never say never but because they kind of like so Affleck seems like he's moving on with his life which is which is great because I know he had some some personal issues yep. that obviously affected his uh well affected him personally yes <laughs> um and Leto basically middle finger the entire studio after seeing suicide squad and not saying that amends can't be made, but you know, we'll see. Um, and Manganiello is hyping it up talking about the original, uh, closing credit scene of justice league will, will finally be realized and stuff like that. So, and that was meant to tease, um, Affleck's, uh, the Batman. I'm, I'm interested to see how this all shakes out. I mean, if they, a series would be awesome. Um, to see, and it would make make a lot of sense, um, because so many people loved Affleck as Batman. Yep. Um, the Joker might get a second wind if he's g- actually given some additional screen time, which Ayers Cut is supposed to give him, and then everyone Correct. was hot and excited about that stroke. So yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. And and we've seen that you know streaming services are capable of pulling things like this off. You know, getting a list. I mean, um. You know, CBS All Access was able to get Patrick Stewart back to play Jean-Luc Picard. You know, people yeah. didn't think that was going to happen. He had actually, again, another one of those never going to happen things. He had said he would never do it, and yeah. then he did it. Yeah. So, because he, again, he read the script, thought it was amazing, or read the, the concept for the show. Yeah. Thought it was amazing and said, I got to do this. So, Yeah, and the, and the rumor itself is um, reportedly supposed to use... Affleck's are part part of Affleck's original The Batman script. Um, oh, right, because yeah. you got that too. Yeah, yeah. So, and that was obviously going to be based in that DCEU, right? So, right. there's I'm sure there's links. There had to be links to the Joker and Death. It would have made sense, right? Joke Deathstroke was going to be the villain, wasn't he? In that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it that at least that's in place. Right. Yeah, I mean, look again. We're never just having never. this conversation, right? For the just because it, even if it's a possibility, um, it's interesting. I mean, that's why you guys come to this podcast. This is what geeks talk about, right? right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to sit there and talk about things that can happen because that's no fun. We want to talk about things that can happen, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I would be down with that. I mean, I you know, I I think that 
we have seen a thousand times that there is room for all of these different interpretations and versions, sure. right? I mean, sure. there's animated versions, there's and different types there's of animated TV versions. Ver- I mean, they're going to do TV versions. Yeah, two exa- existing versions of the Flash, right? Yes. Um, technically, there's two versions of Superman. Correct. You know what I mean? Yep. So. Um, if this thing is something there's that, you know, there's a Batman that existed or exists in the Batwoman universe in the CW universe. Yep, and in Titans. Yes, right. You know. Yeah. So, so and and let's not forget uh, Gotham, whatever the hell that was. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of that. There's so and and you know what? <clears throat> you don't have to watch all of it, but that's the point. It's like a something right. for everyone type. And, you know, especially with Batman, because Batman, again, is so adaptable. He can be adapted so many different ways and has been. And some have been more successful than others, obviously. But, like, there's a Batman for everybody. Like, I grew up watching the reruns of Batman 66, and that was my Batman. And then, and like, the Super Friends cartoons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. I discovered the darker Batman, you know, as I got a little older. And then Burton's Batman came out and so on and so forth. And there's a generation that, you know, grew up on the Nolan Batman films. And right. that's their Batman. And then your Batman the animation. So there's a lot of different versions of Batman. And they, you know, a lot of them have uh, merit to them. Um, even the animated. You got Batman the animated series, which is very different from the Batman, which is very different from Batman, the brave and the bold, you know, and, and mm-hmm. obviously different from the super friends and the early, you know, the new Batman adventures and stuff like that, that predated all of it. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm cool with that. Throw all these different versions out there. Let me decide, you know, if with what I like, what I don't like, what I want to stick with, what I don't want to stick with. Um, mm-hmm. and comic books function very much like that as well. Um, you know, different writers, different artists have different takes and different, you know, variations on how they interpret the characters and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, nothing wrong with any of that. I, I think we've gotten too caught up in, um, you know, oh, there should only be one of this, should only be one of that, and, you know, right. market confusion and all this stuff. I don't think that's really much of an issue anymore. I don't think people I, have much of an issue with that. I think that's... I agree, I agree with you. Yeah. I, mean, I think... You know, Warner Brothers DC has certainly blown the lid off of all of that with, you know, the release of Joker and the release of Suicide Squad in the same, uh, within six months of each other. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, I I think that the reason why I don't think it's a big deal is because I think the mainstream audiences, I don't think put that much thought into things like that. Like, you know, they don't. And I think the hardcore fans who are the ones that really dig into all of that stuff, like they know. So there is no market confusion with the hardcore audience because they understand where everything fits. But Mm -hmm. like how many people that, you know, mainstream fans, right, that will go to see uh, a Batman movie are watching Batwoman or watched Gotham, Right. right? How many of them are watching, you know, animated shows or those animated movies you know whatever i mean look there there is a portion of the movie going audience that goes to see these movies because they're event films that has no idea what other versions there are or whatever right you know i'm sure there there were plenty of people that that you know had no idea that there were there was a flash on tv and a flash in the movies they just know whichever flash they know 
So, I mean, yeah, I don't think that that's that big a deal anymore. Uh, And especially when you consider the fact that with the streaming services and all these shows and stuff, they're they're catering specifically to a a hardcore audience and hoping that maybe it appeals to more, but, but they're really making them for the the niche audience. I mean, that's what happened with the Mandalorian, right? They made it for the hardcore star Wars fan, but they wound up getting mainstream appeal. Right. So that's the ideal scenario. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I I don't, again, I don't, I don't know that anything like that will really happen. It could. Um, but if it does, I don't, I don't think it takes away from anything. Um, you know, in my lifetime, there have always been movie versions of characters and TV versions of characters. Right. Yeah. Uh, and no, I don't I mean, it makes, I, I mean, I remember at one point there was, uh, you know, um, there was Blade, right? And then they did, I think it was Sci-Fi did like a Blade TV show with like sticky fingers from Onyx, which was really weird. Um, you remember this? Yeah, I do. I think it was yeah. you. Was it USA? Was it, it may have been USA. I don't even remember, but I feel like those two things may have coincided at some point. So it was like Trinity was around, but then there was like a Blade Blade TV show. I could be making this up entirely. I don't even remember so long ago. But, you know, that's one of those situations where it's like, yeah, that that's a cinematic version. And they decided to do something different with this TV version. And yeah. it happens all the time. So I agree with you. We need to pull our heads out of our asses and go, hey, you know what? It, Batman is Batman is Batman. It doesn't matter how many versions of him there are. And, you know, regardless of uh, Matt Reeves, uh, the Batman being on the horizon, no one's going to stop from watching more Batman. Right. And, and you know, <laughs> you let's... Know I mean? Exactly. And let's give the studio a little credit. I know that's hard sometimes, but to, to know that, it, you know, they're not going... If, the, let's just say, hypothetically, this this thing happened, this show, whatever it is, mm-hmm. they're not going to release it like a week before they release the Batman. Right. They're not going to cannibalize. It's going to fill their, in the gaps. IP. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, that, that's the thing. So obviously there is a, there's resounding, there's a resounding call for, you know, revisiting elements of the DCEU, right? The, 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 the universe that was started by, by Zack Snyder. This movement has taken on a life of its own. And, you know, now we're at, now, I mean, think, you know, these conversations are actually happening with, with David Ayer and, you know, everyone, again, as I said before, when we, when we started this topic, but everyone's a fan favorite of Affleck as Batman, right? If you, if you get him in, in the cowl for a limited run, eight episode, one hour, you know, if it's an hour, whatever. But a, you know, a solo series on HBO Max, my God, you want to talk about subscription numbers going up? Sure. Come on. Yeah, that becomes a big event. Yeah, it just it just makes sense. Yes. Um, whether or not it's going to happen is a completely different story, but I'm not, you know, I would say that we're not going to take it off the table. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, imagine a Watchmen-styled. We, we I keep on talking about this, but you know, a Watchmen style series where you you have Batman investigating, you know, doing some legit detective work with you know Affleck and you know as Batman and and Deathstroke on the horizon and the Joker kind of you know that world kind of coming back. I'm, I'm sign me up. I'm down for it. And that's yeah. all I have to say about that. <laughs> so well, 
And speaking of, right, there's also talk now of the Joker appearing in the Matt Reeves Batman trilogy. Yeah. Um, some capacity. Sure. Which, I mean, you could take it a few ways. So uh, people are losing their minds over it already. Um, but good, good and bad. Yeah, good and bad. So it, it's not surprising. I mean, look, the Joker is the iconic Batman villain, and the character also has you know a lot of momentum. Now, having said that, if what I've read about what Matt Reeves is trying to do with this thing um, is accurate, you know, this could be a universe that is filled with a lot of villains. Mm-hmm. You know kind of like how the long Halloween stuff like that was like those early stories are populated with a lot of villains. They're not all focal points of the story, but they exist on the periphery or they exist in, in stages. Right. So, you know, it's possible that the Joker doesn't necessarily have to be the main villain in any of the movies, but there could be an interaction, maybe something like in Arkham where Batman has to go to Arkham to, to talk to the Joker mm-hmm. to get information mm-hmm. like a, like a, you know, like a Hannibal Lecter type of deal. Right. Um, or, or anything like that. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be just because they're saying, Oh, the Joker will be in. It doesn't necessarily mean exactly what you think it might mean. Right. Um, I mean, maybe it does, but I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm Matt Reeves that I want to have this trilogy and have this, this, kind of blank canvas to be able to do what I want and to want to have to go back to do like another Joker story. Right. Uh, You know, the last two Batman film series that we've had, both had the Joker as a main villain in, in a movie. Yep. And we have, we just had a billion, billion dollar movie about the Joker. Solo Joker film. Right. And you've had Joker pop up in (laughs) suicide squad and whatnot. Right. I was going to say, and if Ayers, uh, gets, you know, sure. It's another so, uh, yeah, I, I think that it it's, uh, you know, I could be wrong, but I think it's entirely possible that, yes, there will be a Joker that pops up, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be the focal point and the main villain of any of the stories. Uh, I think there will be a lot of villains that pop up in that mm-hmm. Matt Reeves trilogy, uh, and they may not all be focal points in the story, which is cool because that's very Batman. It's very Gotham. You know, um, the idea of like, the villain of the week set in movie form. Like, I I think we can move past that for a little while, Mm -hmm. you know, where each movie has to have, I mean, yeah, you're going to have a villain or a main story in each film, but it doesn't necessarily have to be like, Oh, I'm battling the penguin in this movie or "Oh, I'm battling the Joker in this movie or Oh, I'm, it doesn't have to be that, you know, it could be a a murder mystery where Batman interacts with other classic villains. It could be, So something completely different. So like I and I, like I said, the scenario I threw out there, you know, Batman may need to go to Arkham to deal with some of these and encounter some of these villains in the course of that. So um, yeah, why not? And and by the time you you don't know also where he's going to pop up in the trilogy, right? I and mean, by the time that third, second, or third movie comes out, it's going to be way in advance. I mean, you know, way in the in the future rather. So I mean, you know. Who knows by that time, maybe we'll want a Joker movie. I mean, maybe we'll want to see another Joker. 
right. is an iconic character. I mean, if we keep seeing Batman movies, then why wouldn't we get to see? You know, it's like we can keep getting I, different versions well, of Batman. Everyone but. talks about his rogues gallery, and uh, well, it just feels like we keep on tapping the well. No, I get it. It's a great rogue. It's the best rogues gallery in the world. But and and I but I see that's what I think. I think Reeves is going to tap into that. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I look. I think you cannot have a, a Batman movie without people thinking about the Joker, right? Um, those two characters are just so intrinsically in- intertwined with one another that um, at some point, if he's not already living in the universe, you're going to expect there to be a moment of you know his his creation or something like that. Um, so. I think already having him established in this universe is probably a smarter move. And to your point, I mean, like a a visit to Arkham and having some sort of interaction there with the Joker, and he's a periphery character with the expectation. I would I wouldn't say an expectation, but with a potential tease that he could pop up in some of the other films. Sure, makes a shit ton of sense. Yeah, so you're just gonna ask people to come and check it out again. Right. Right. They're yeah. going to want to see it. Um, and the other thing, too, is I would love to see a Batman that doesn't win. Right. So, like, he might be um, chasing down, you know, the penguin in this film and he gets away, you know, and he can't, you know, there's nothing. I, I, I mean, I right. love that. Just keeping it open. Well, that's I mean, why I say, like, yeah, we don't want to fall into the, the villain of the week. Right. Right. You know, right. cinema version. Uh, villain of the movie, whatever uh, mentality, where we have the villain, uh, we see their origin, we see the face-off, we see their demise right. in the course of that one film. Um, you know, that's why, like, of all the things Nolan did well, um, you know, there were things he could, he did not do that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's put aside Dark Knight Rises for a second, right? Because that's polarizing. But, like, even in Dark Knight, which, you know, everyone, great film, obviously. But, and as great as Ledger is in that performance is, and, and, and I like Aaron Eckhart a lot in that movie and mm. Two-Face, but, like, he didn't, that Two-Face story could have been much bigger and better. Oh, my God. I thought, I thought it was certainly going to end with him getting away. Yeah. And, you know, like, I understand that he was supposed to be in Batman Begins, and he should have been. Right, mm-hmm. we didn't need the Rachel Dawes character. Um, it should have been Harvey Dent. We could have built up that relationship. It could have been done like the they could have told like the classic story, right? That makes it such a powerful moment when he changed right. when he turns. Um, but yeah, so I mean, th- that would be great. You know, we don't need to tie up all the loose ends by right. the time the movie's over. Let these characters exist in a universe for a while. Yeah, 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 and see where they go, and see how the audience gauges, you know, reaction is too to them. Sure, you know, because maybe people will be very excited to see another Joker. I mean, that's <clears throat> in some way that's the exciting thing about the Spider Verse. Um, yeah, I say Spider Verse, but um, like the Marvel Spider Man, and even even Spider Verse too. Um, not that they, you know, obviously Kingpin get gets caught. Um. But what they're doing with Homecoming, you know, with the introduction of of the Vulture and him still being around, right? And then he meets um, 
Scorpion in prison and all of these kind of villains kind of, you know, living, living and breathing in that universe yeah. is exciting because it just, you know, at the end of all of this, it just kind of, you know, at the end of, of Far From Home, it just kind of blew the doors open. And now we're going to see some sort of connection there with Venom 2. Yeah. Um, well, and Venom oh, not Venom 2. I'm sorry. Morbius. Right. Venom is interesting, too, because like what look at what Venom did with that post credit sequence, right? With oh, yeah. Woody Harrelson, right? So that alone, right? There's a small moment that got people excited yep. and got them talking. And because of that, then it became very clear where the direction was going to be for the sequel. So sometimes you just throw something like that out there and you see how people react and respond to it. And if it goes over well, then you know what your direction is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like Nick Fury showing up, Samuel L. Jackson showing up as Nick Fury at the end of Iron Man. Sure. That reaction and how excited people got over that guides the rest of your path now. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. so we're building now to this. We're building yeah. to the Avengers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it could just be something as simple as that, too. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't get a Joker. Um, I, yeah, I just think we're going to, like I said, I think we're going to see a lot of these, a lot of fun villains in this thing in in some way, shape or form. Um, I just, I wonder how they, how they do that. If they stick with those that are, you know, more realistic, I should say, you know, like not. So like you a, mean like not a clay face or a right, 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 killer right. croc or right, um, right, that type of stuff. Like some of those meta, yeah, the meta human type stuff. No man bat. Right, right. So more, more in the line of like, you know, uh, Hugo Strange. Sure. Rachel Gould. You know, what I mean? well, Rachel Gould kind of push pushes it a little bit, but well, they they yeah. I mean, they they kind of danced around that. Like, yeah. we didn't really get the full like racial Lazarus Pit. I mean, you got yeah, we got it, but you, we didn't really get correct. It, did we? Yeah, not in the right exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, I, it's interesting you say that because, um. You know, that's the one element of Batman that we really haven't gotten. Uh, we haven't gotten like the the man bat, the clay faces, the um, you know those types of of villains, the killer crocs, and the yeah uh, ever like in that sense. And and it's interesting because I, I know Batman lends himself to be much more of a grounded character, right. but he's got some he's got some weirdo weirdo villains. Yeah, man. there's a psychology behind like man bat, for instance. That's right. fascinating. So, like, if an audience could get past the whole idea of like this man bat, um, like to me, that's a that's a story you tell like on a television series version, right? Like, yeah. a, if you go with like a got more of a gothic, like you do like a little mini series, like you could tell like an awesome man bat story. Um, you know, things like that maybe lend themselves better to to the, the small screen. Uh, than the big screen? I don't know. But it is interesting that, you know, we have gotten... I mean, you know, Joel Schumacher managed to... Well, and even Burton, to be fair, he monsterized a lot of his... Like, he monsterized the Penguin. Right. Um, 
he and then Schumacher, you know, just whatever the hell he did with his characters, he, glamorized. If yeah, if that, yeah. I mean, they didn't look real at all. Like they looked no. goofy. I mean, Bane is ridiculous and and Two Face looks and that's stupid. A real person. And, well, yes. <laughs> God rest his soul. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it just, he didn't speak. You know, Bane's supposed to be intelligent. He said, Bane. Yeah, great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, we haven't gotten those types. I mean, you got a killer croc in, um, Suicide, in Squad. Suicide Squad. And he looked weird as hell. It, yeah. Well, because they, I think that you, see, so that's the other fear, is that you don't want to go the route of, like, um, the lizard in Amazing Spider-Man. Right. Which I actually just saw again because it was I didn't watch the whole movie. I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah. it was on TV the other day, and I happened to just flip through, and it was at that scene where they're fighting in the school, right? And that lizard looked terrible. Yeah, it's not not it has not aged the CGI. No, and so I'm just like when I see that, I'm like, all right, so you know what? Maybe we don't go that route. Maybe there's a reason why we don't go that route. Watching Batman on a big screen fighting with. Something like that would be weird. Um, but we do have great Batman the Animated Series episodes. <laughs> yeah, Like on Leather what? Wings and Feet of Clay and stuff like that that tell those stories really well. So. 100%. But like Matt Reeves is like, he's given us amazing apes. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. So he knows how to use CGI and technology in a way to advance the story and create dynamic characters, right? Like, I, I think I think it could work in the right hands. Um but yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean I think it would be odd to see him facing off with some sort of supernatural type creature. Um Yeah. You know, I would think you I think almost he does really to... well with the psychological sure. stuff, obviously. But... Yeah. I think in order for like the pull off a man bat thing, you would have to do like it would have to be very psychological. It would have to focus more on like his relationship with Kurt Langstrom, right? With Kurt right. Langstrom. And to and then like but like there are these murders going on in the background. You don't really right. see the man bad. Like you see him in the shadows and stuff. And then like eventually you will. Mm-hmm. But like I think you'd almost have to go that route. As opposed yeah. to him just fighting this CGI creature repeatedly. That Do you think work. that would pull people out of a film if it was like um, Batman and like, you oh, know, it, this, it might he's going to face a giant bat? What the F? <laughs> it it might only because see, I'm so I'm not one of those people, but I could see very easily how people would be put up by that. And for this reason, though, um, because I think that we have now people that um, they're used to like seeing Batman, like the Nolan Batman, mm-hmm. you know, or they're used to see like so they're not used to seeing Batman fighting creatures right. like that in, in the context of his own universe. Um, well, he did fight Doomsday in uh, 
Well, right, but that was different. That's with Superman and Wonder Woman right, and stuff. Right, but right, like, right. imagine Batman he in didn't a really fight. Yeah, imagine <laughs> Batman in a like a Gotham City where he goes from being the detective and then all of a sudden he's fighting this. You know, so that's why yeah. I said like if you have the Kirk Langstrom I, thing, where you know like they build the relationship and then you can. I mean, you could probably do it, but I don't know. Yeah. Ooh, that's dicey. I, but I, it's I interesting we've never seen it, though. It's the one route we haven't gone with Batman, like, in the movies, um, is that element of it. Like, the more, mm-hmm. like, over-the-top. Like, like I mean, look, there's great Clayface stories you could tell. And you could oh, even okay. do, like, a Terminator 2-style deal with that. Sure. You know, where he he's doesn't have to be Clayface for most of the film. He could be, like, other people. Right. Um, but again, Batman... See, like in animation, like you could get away with Batman fighting something like that. I don't know how in I don't know how that works live action as well. Yeah, it's so. But it, uh, I mean, I, just, I feel like we there's got definitely cool stories this, like, to tell though. Grounded, but uh, he could be grounded. Approach. So that's the thing. Like, you know, you could tell grounded. A grounded clay face. I mean, that's why I say like feet of clay, right? If you watch that two parter, it's grounded. Like it's it's kind of a sad story, right? A tragic tale, right? Of and it's it it's not a lot of clay face. Like he becomes clay face towards the right. end of the thing, and and even then, like he's usually just um, he spends most of his time like <clears throat> looking like other people. Right. See, see, that's the thing. I don't. And it's a tragic story. I mean, the story of Clayface is tragic. It's sad. Yeah. So, like, I think it could be, still be as crazy as it sounds. I mean, again, at the end of the day, these are comic book and superhero stories. Right. Uh, you know, this isn't Columbo. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I think we need to also realize that. So you could tell a grounded story just like you could kind of tell a grounded Superman story if you need to. But at the end of the day, right. he's still super, like he's still this all powerful alien being, right. That comes here and has yep. heat vision and, you know, super strength and all that stuff. But you could still tell like a story within that. So you could tell a grounded Clayface story. You could tell a grounded man bat story, you know, on leather wings is a grounded story. Um, but you, that doesn't necessarily mean that, it could be grounded within that that environment, within that world. Right. Um, it doesn't always have to be, and you can even make it a gritty detective story, and right. and still have those over the top characters. But that's again, that's us talking as people who've read comic books and watched cartoons yeah, I mean, and stuff like that our whole lives. Mainstream audiences are going to be like, "What the hell did I sign up for?" I mean, Batman versus a horror film, you know what I mean? Like Batman versus the Blob. I don't know what. You know, you know what I mean? Like I would watch that. See, Sign me see up. People's minds going in that direction and being like, I thought I was going to get a comic book movie. And it's like, well, well, you are. And they're like, oh, this is horror. But here's the <laughs> thing, though. Until you introduce people to it, they'll never, you're never going to get sure. to that point. So, sure. like, I mean, there's I, things that happen in the MCU that if you hadn't I mean, introduced he people a to gigantic it. gigantic purple dude. Correct. <laughs> so, like, until you introduce audiences to it, they're never going to get used to it. Like they're always going to look at it as silly until they find yeah. it cool. And and to that point, I mean, that was I remember reading the character that they were scared about the most of introducing was um, 
Thor. Um, right. Because because of the, you know, mystical or I would not even mystical because it's a whole it's a whole other uh, different uh, element of the MCU. But you know, the, his whole you know where he comes from and like a, basically he's an alien, right? He comes from another planet. Um, but introducing him into into a world that you know they were creating like sort of normal people like you know Tony Stark and, and Captain America, but they worked it out, right? Like magic. That whole thing, they, you know, they, they yeah. basically covered it off as like what you call magic is science to us, right? And they're like, no, nah, all right, yeah, I'm, 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 I, I got it, I'm sold. You know what I mean? And then we didn't bat an eye, and then you got people who could shrink themselves, and you know, wars between other yeah. creatures and aliens. Well, and I mean, like think that. of it like this: oh, think of yeah, Spider-Man: cool. Far From Home, right? Yep. Uh Spider-Man Far From Home, I think most people agree with the fact that Mysterio was cooler as Mysterio, like looking like the goofy comic book version of Mysterio. Sure. Than when what they turned him into, right? What he turned out to be at the end of the day. Like, so we've gotten to a point I, actually, now where... I love, I love that turn where he's no, like in the mocap. Yeah, I don't mind <laughs> it. In the mocap suit? Yeah, but I think that... It was it was polarizing, and it, the idea that we are at a point in our in time where people were more accepting of Mysterio, like comic accurate Mysterio, than they were of like grounded Mysterio, tells you that we've I think we've moved to a point now where we can get away with a lot more, like comic booky type stuff. You know, it was like the whole thing of like how, um, you know, like Green Goblin looked the way he did in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man because they didn't think that people would accept like a comic accurate Green Goblin. Oh God! But then, but then you, you got that, that stupid footage? suit that they tried to, that they tried to have like a rationale behind. Yeah. And it didn't work. And it's like now at the end of the day, now you look at we have these like comic accurate villains that we get like in these movies, and people love it. Yeah. So well, I, you know. Well, I don't, I don't know. Going back to Spider-Man real quick, did you? I mean, we, I think we talked about this on our Spider-Man episode, but there was some behind-the-scenes footage of the original uh, animatronic um, face or mask that he was going to wear. Yeah, and it looked <laughs> freaking bonkers. Yeah, so good. God. Anyways, that's a yeah. story for another so, day. So, so yeah. <laughs> so I think. Yes, I think it would be a little weird maybe for people at first, but I think we need to introduce people to that in order for them to be more accepting of it. Uh, or else they're never... If we just keep giving them Joker and Penguin and whatever, then yes, they'll never get down with Clayface and Killer Croc and Man Bad and some of that other stuff. But Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, so I guess that's it, right, for now. Yeah. Next week I is episode uh, 100. Oof. Should be fun. It's a big one. Yeah. It's a big one. Well, Hope you guys are ready for it. Um, and just, just just a quick shout out to all the new followers, all the new listeners, folks who are, you know, liking our page on Facebook and friending us on Twitter and all that. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're glad you guys are enjoying the show. And, um, and also thank you guys for buying the merch. Um, you know, we're seeing some, some upticks and all of that. So, um, we're just happy to give you guys another, you know, weekly show day in, day out and, uh, keep things as, as sort of uplifting as we can. So glad you guys join us every week. 
Um, and that's all, all I got to say, but, but, you know, again, we're, we're incredibly grateful to, uh, to all of our, our audience and, uh, and fans. Yeah. And if you'd like to get some of that merch, you can go to the fanboygarage.com and of course you can listen to our episodes, but you can go to that merch store and check it out. You can get the I'm cool. I podcast t-shirt or even if a, a mug or a, uh, a face mask now you can get them in the face masks are available in all the different designs and uh, of course you can also join the conversation um on the different social medias the instagram the facebook the twitter at the fanboy garage as well you could find me maybe on twitter at real c almighty and you can definitely find me on twitter at aa ron speaks that is a underscore a underscore ron speaks Thank you so much again for listening to episode 99 of the Fanboy Garage, and we hope to catch you guys on the next one, Big 100. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. Have a good week. 